funny how Steve just, just drops us, isn't it, when he's got a better offer. <laughs> Is that what he's done? <laughs> yeah, basically. When, when television comes calling, Chinch, you appreciate that sometimes you have to be in a situation where you say yes to the television and no to your good friends. Who aren't paying you. Why are you, why are you looking at me? <laughs> as much. Uh, yeah, at we, all. We pay him in, in kindness and... I mean, oh, that's the alert to do my Spanish homework. Right, okay. This is a pay-to-play podcast. Occasionally, you've got to contribute You're food. You're too old to go to school. You're never too old to go to school, Chinch. Really? Yeah. You'd always learn something every day. You learn something every day. Every day's a school day. Have you learned anything today? At all? What I learned the seven today? hours you've been awake. Anything? Anything? Uh, I like the day you think he's been awake. You've clearly no. learned how to dress because I woke you've up, seen me. I woke up at half past six, so I've been awake for about four and a half hours. I woke up at five o'clock this morning. Did you? Do you want to know why? Go on. Because Dexter... My aging Sharpe. Mm. About four o'clock in the morning, five o'clock in the morning, he starts, <laughs> and I have to let him out. What does Maybe he want? it's his age. Because he wants a... He's got a very weak bladder. The, um, we're very lucky with Hector, actually. Hector has been trained that he does not expect to go to the toilet most days, I'd say 19 days out of 20, mm. until eight o'clock. But he's 10 years younger, and he's more probably than Dexter. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, these problems are going to occur with him later in life. Yeah. He will yeah. be either slashing on the floor or you'll be opening the door for him at four o'clock in the morning. So think on. You'll be sleeping outside. This is Seppi's Money, the podcast where four friends talk football over food. Joining me, Hugh Ferris, are the New York Times' Rory Smith, who pays for television, and former England international Andy Hinchcliffe, who it pays to watch on television. Uh, you'll understand that BT Sport and Match of the Day's Stephen Wyeth is not here because he is being paid by pay television. Um, uh, he had a better offer. Really? Which is a better offer than this. Astonishing. It's extraordinary, I know, Chinch. Wow. Uh, more on that in a moment. The food, by the way, is an SPM staple, which has, um, by way of commiseration, because Steve wasn't able to be here, he did drop round some um, some pastries. It is an offering that has been made so very often and is more welcome uh, than pretty much any other. And the, the chaos that has consumed my dining room table uh, because of the uh, the inability for these two adults to eat like adults is what do you mean? something quite extraordinary. I've been very neat. Chinch has left no, a crumb. Look, 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 all the excess pastry has been dropped into a pile which I've collected. It's true, like leaves. Yes. Like autumn leaves. Yes. Flaky autumn leaves. Hang on a minute, there's a song. Autumn Leaves. You're thinking of November Rain by Guns N' Roses. Ah, you are. No, there is yeah. a song. It is a jazz standard called Autumn Leaves. Is that a trumpet? That is a trumpet. Oh. Get in touch with the podcast via at setpiecemenu on Twitter, setpiecemenu at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook. Simon Bodsworth has been in touch before, but he is a diligent listener, so he gets another mention. It is this. Having listened to a recent episode when Wikipedia was mentioned, I thought I would review the wiki content of the SPM team. I have to say, Chinch's page is comprehensive. And informative, the coverage of the 1995 FA Cup final, trifle understated, but I suppose this only mirrors Chinch's modesty and humble demeanour. Uh, Rory Smith, understandably as a purveyor of the written word, has a slightly more formal wiki page. Admittedly, it does begin to sound a little desperate in the search of things Rory has done, but rallies magnificently with its understated mention of the 2015 award-winning triumph. Steve Wyeth is not represented in the world of Wiki, which, for the supposed social media representative of SPM, feels counterintuitive. Is this due to a natural modesty, or is there simply not enough content to build two paragraphs? And then this brought me on to Hugh's page. There is a definite stato feel to it, with some impressive audience numbers being claimed. However, it was the reference to Hugh's personal life which caught my eye. Apparently, he has been based in Manchester since working at the 2002 Commonwealth Games. Is it just me, or does that sound like public transport was so bad in those days he just couldn't get home? <laughs> yeah. Please clarify, is Hugh based in Manchester through choice, or has he just lost a return ticket? And he's been sleeping <laughs> at the former Commonwealth Stadium ever since. 
Uh, so no, I am I am here by choice. Uh, funnily enough, the um, the personal life section also caught my wife's eye because she was very disappointed she didn't get a mention. I would have, see. My wife was was deeply relieved that she didn't get a mention. Oh, is that mine. right? Yeah, is yeah. my wife mentioned? Uh, no, you've got second two. wife. No, I haven't got to. I've got one. Not concurrent. Um, I ditched the other. <laughs> thank you to Simon. And also thank you, we should say at this point, we've done so before. Guy Fraser, who is the SPM Buffalo and Wikipedia editor. Uh, Guy, her name's Gemma, and she's very important in the world of finance. Gemma with a G. Gemma with a G. Adam Pritchard has also emailed and fittingly begins with this. Dear members of the Wikipedia elite, and the other one whose name is available to the internet's fountain of knowledge, Steve is absent from so many things no, but Do you think that maybe there's a reason that Steve keeps himself sort of off the grid like that? Do you Does think he that, keep himself off the grid or the grid's not interested? committed a crime? He could have oh, done. do you think? To, to, is, is Steve on the run? It's not his real name. Is his real name Terry Hardcastle? Would you, would you choose Wyeth? As you yes. Want, as a, yeah. Would you? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Steve has been based in Manchester since 2000 because he's in the witness protection. <laughs> <laughs> um, Adam says this: uh, your fullback sack and cracking episode of the on the occasion of Andy's 50th birthday reminded me of how Arsene Wenger used to blood young players into the first eleven by being deployed out wide to earn their stripes, so to speak. Often these players were more at home in central positions. For example, Aaron Ramsey, Sami Nasri, Jack Wilshere, Robin van Persie, and latterly Ainsley Maitland-Niles. But uh, they were introduced on either flank. More recently, Adam suggests that natural fullbacks eventually are being moved centrally. So the opposite, essentially. So Joe Gomez and Imeric Laporte, perhaps two of, the mo- two of the most promising centre-backs in the Premier League, but they both played large spells of their younger years at fullback. I wonder now if this is because the prevalence of possession football and building from the back means that central defenders are required to be more adept with the ball at their feet, and so the skills of a more defensive-minded fullback are increasingly more suited to a centre-back, assuming that they are tall enough, slash not Skodran Mustafi. All the best, Adam Pritchard uh, from London, who says, P.S. Is Buffalo status something that can be gained through attrition, like opening a jar of olives? Or is there a special correspondent equivalent of the tea towel round the lid trick that I could use? Adam, the only rule is there are no rules. You will be a buffalo when it is bestowed upon you. Just not now. Just not now. It's a good point he makes, though. Basically, yeah, a good point. Yeah, one yeah. Of, one the structure of the game has changed. Don't ask about being a buffalo. No, no, no. Because you, you won't get it if no, you're No, of course not. No, no. Um, but yeah, it's true. The, the, the structure of the game has changed. So the, the positions that you play have to change to, to actually suit the style of football um, that, uh, that coaches want. You can take it a step further and say that the part of the reason that Gomez and Laporte have been dri- drafted in field. I, would, I mean, I Laporte, I don't know. I suspect Laporte's always kind of been a centre-back. He looks, he looks he's like tall. a centre. Yeah, exactly. He looks like a centre half. He's because, a Tony Pulis left back. B- yeah, that's true. Because, <laughs> Which is a centre half. <laughs> yes. As is a Tony Pulis left, left winger, right winger, <laughs> and forward. The, the um, fullbacks are now basically winners. So yeah. the players, play, there will be players in academies who start off as winners who end up as fullbacks. Trent Alexander Arnold mm-hmm. was a central midfielder in a lot of Liverpool's youth teams, and he's gone out to be a fullback. Basically, I don't know if it's to earn his stripes. I don't. I never liked that when managers did that when they took when they took a chucked a young player in a, sort of wide on the left so he couldn't did do they any really harm. Do that? Yeah, Vendor really? did it a lot. Vendor did it a lot. But just a lot just of to get them in the it. team. Yeah, just to give them that taste of. Because you think for a young player, football, you naturally should play, play in the position, position. You, you're so yeah. used to by playing them out of position. That's putting not, even more pressure. You're not really giving them a chance, are you? No, I, well, I wouldn't have said so. But all those players have gone on to have decent careers. Never so done right, yeah. thing to do. Uh, Faisal has emailed to say, "I enjoyed your episode about uh, the insubordination of Kepper." That sounds like um, like a, a classical novel title, doesn't it? That was uh, written in the, nine, the 1800s. The insubordination of Kepa. It sounds like a, like a Dumas, yes. Yes, it does. Yeah. Very much like an Alexandre Dumas. Um, so Faisal was talking about the fact that... Uh, that or he perhaps enjoyed... like an erotic novel. 
Do you think? Like Mister by Rory Smith. <laughs> is that an erotic novel? Well, if you put Mister into Amazon, you come up oh, with an yes. erotic novel. Feel free to buy the blue one. Uh, yes, you'll, you'll find Blue in the cover, not content. Because yes, exactly. if someone's insubordinate, they've got to be punished. Absolutely. Yeah. E, is it E.L. Yeah. E. James? E.L. James. The Mr. The Mr. The Mr. But Faisal asks, is there an example of players who are good influences in clubs and how important are they to those teams? Surely you see, well, I, I know from my experience, you do see players helping a lot more than they probably do now, but the dynamics have changed hugely, I think, at, at football clubs in terms of the power that players have. So it, it's hard to say, well, 25 years ago, compare that squad of players in that dressing room at that time with the players at Chelsea now or Man City now. It's pretty much, I'd say, you, you can't really you can't really look at them in, in the same way because, again, the, the, the structure of a club, um, how players saw themselves, the financial situations were all weighted probably in the in the in the for the, for the manager and the coach at that time, and, and now it's it has completely changed because player power has completely changed. So it'd be very difficult to say, well, it, it's the same, but, but players are, are kind of but conducting you, themselves differently. Do you have lieutenants? Lieutenants are often considered to be a bad influence because they turn the team against the manager. But there must be examples of lieutenants of the manager mm-hmm. who help coerce a team into supporting well I'm sure when I remember when Joe the, the, the successful I had a vastly successful career at every club I was at but certainly at Everton Joe Royal with his with his experience as a coach would have would have looked at the players that he had and he would have known very quickly mm. with their experience with what maybe they've done in the past whether not that he would convert them to his way of, of playing he'd know they're the right type of people to understand what he was looking to do and would work with him and he was he did weed a few people out and got rid of a few people, but the, he was maybe fortunate in a way that he did have five or six really experienced pros. I wasn't one of them. I looked up to the guys that he probably saw as the, the real kind of uh, core of the team. Uh, Neville Southall, Dave Watson, um, Barry Horn, Joe Parkinson. They were, they were, they were players that he could, he could, people that he could, he could work with and they would understand his method. So they then, not that they had to convince the dressing room that what was going on, was right or wrong because our results and our fitness levels and everything went through the roof. So clearly what we were doing, we all understood was right. But he had some very good characters. And that's what I say, are those characters still the same in, in modern dressing rooms? Maybe not. I think there are some though. I think if you if you look through most most successful teams, there are players who are clearly either foot, loyal foot soldiers of the manager regardless of the identity of the manager. Someone like Ander Herrera might be quite an example of that at Manchester United. You get the, the feeling that Herrera is a good... He's popular in the dressing room. He's a good, character to, to, a good character to have around. He doesn't seem to object to to what, whatever he's being asked to do. He just does it. Um, and that partly explains his longevity. I think at, at Liverpool, you'd probably say the same. Van Dijk obviously hasn't had that, long, that long-standing relationship with Klopp, but you get the impression that they are very much on the same page. Van Dijk is the natural leader of that squad, even though Henderson's the captain. Uh, and Van Dijk is kind of, has become almost... almost that he's, I think he's probably the most prominent public face in terms of how much he talks about Liverpool, Van Dijk, and I think that's that's significant. It's the one who always fronts up in the mix zone when things don't go your way. Michael, Ca- well, Michael Carrick was like that at, at United. United. And actually, Joe Hart did it for Manchester yeah. City when he was there. So on the flip side, did Chelsea not have those type of I don't know if there is. I don't know if there is anyone at Chelsea who would necessarily take it upon themselves to say, it's my job to keep the structure of all this together. Yeah. That I, I, I'm going to take responsibility for 
as kind of an ambassador of the dressing room and an influence in the dressing room. I don't know who that would so be. Is that at Chelsea. The, culture, the culture of Chelsea will be different from Liverpool? You mentioned it. Just that, that's how it is at those yeah, clubs I guess with, so, yeah. with those squad yeah. players. Yeah. Uh, finally, Gavin has got in touch with this very important piece of consumer advice slash market research. I recently picked up a copy of Mister by Mister Rory Smith in a charity shop in Presswich, which for non-local people is North Manchester. It co- cost me the princely sum of one pound fifty. That's quite a lot for a charity shop. I can provide you with the name and address of the charity shop if Rory believes the charity is losing out on potential money. Once I've read it, I will, of course, let you know whether it was money well spent. Keep up the good work, Gavin. That's, oh, well, I'm delighted to know that it's made charity shops. That's good. And he was very sure to make sure that he got a copy of Mr. by Mr. Rory Smith and not The Mr. By E.L. James. At yeah. Setpiece Menu is our Twitter um, site. You can go to setpiecemenu at gmail.com. You'll be able to email us. Now, this might appear a little parochial at first to all our international listeners, but don't worry. There's a wider issue at stake. After the failure of streaming service 11 Sports to deliver all the football they'd spent lots of money buying the rights for, coverage of La Liga was recently taken on by ITV4, which in the UK is a free-to-air broadcaster. It is a non-exclusive deal, as 11 Sports will still still stream via their player, and Premier Sports also have the Spanish League rights, but they are both available via a subscription service. So the move by ITV and to ITV is significant. British audiences, with some exceptions, have not had league football on terrestrial TV for a long time. Spanish football has never been free to air. Recently, the Champions League was available on ITV, but now is only available via pay TV on the inestimable, on the inestimate, inestimate, inestimable, that's right, isn't it? on the inestimable BT Sport. SPM Mark Trenfield writes this. I keep hearing from various media and indeed players that the Champions League is the biggest competition there is and it gets so much coverage on podcasts and papers like it should, but I don't buy it. Why? Well, it's a competition whereby the powers that be have decided to take it away from terrestrial television and put exclusively on a minor television channel. Sorry, Steve. However, due to this decision, I only bother watching Champions League games down the pub that involve my team, whereas in the past I would have watched the terrestrial game and each highlights programme but now I don't bother. I guess I could find the highlights of games on YouTube, but it's a faff and illegal. Why is it that the supposed biggest competition in the world has moved away from the majority of TV viewers? This isn't a good move for them, nor sponsors, so why have they done it? The FA Cup game between Chelsea and Manchester United, and even Doncaster against Crystal Palace, both on the BBC, which, as most people know around the world, is free to air, probably attracted over double or treble the amount of UK viewers. At least. Legal ones, he says in brackets, of all the Champions League matches combined. So that's Mark. And the question is, where does football's televisual future lie? And how do you balance up the revenue provided by pay TV, the new technology provided by streaming, but also needed to provide your produce? (laughs) I love that. It's kind of a product, but I feel produce is nice. Uh, To as many people as possible to stave off the deadly possibility of future irrelevance. It's long been a stick with which to beat sports like cricket, that since being exclusively on pay TV, the names involved have been relegated from household to who... So does football need to start thinking about free-to-air TV again? So this is this. I think this is such an interesting subject, and to to make sure people, our vast listenership around the world, know we're not being parochial. This applies everywhere, absolutely everywhere. What whatever you, whatever part of the world you live in, whether it's in the US, where there's a massive issue with, with what they call cable cutters, people who are dispensing with their cable service, which is how they consume much of their sport, uh, to to kind of. Asia and Africa and South America where you have to have a subscription to access football in various reasons or certain types of football you have to have to have access to the uh, I guess satellite or cable channels that 
that provide it because obviously it, in India it's not you know the the TV rights cost money, mm-hmm. and the the companies with the money are the subscription services. And obviously, this, the, the issue of streaming applies across the world in terms of how we all consume all forms of TV and what that means for our, our kind of watching cultures and our, how, we, how we kind of access all this stuff. And it's difficult for, for rights holders to understand that because clearly streaming crosses territories and boundaries yeah. and it can be accessed globally. So geo-blocking and all those kind of yeah. associated issues are very difficult to overcome. They are. The, the thing about... We should touch on the, the illegality of, of illegal streaming terrible crime I'm, it's diffi- I think it's difficult probably for all three of us I don't regularly stream illegally stream games I have watched illegal streams before and I have found it deeply frustrating because it keeps buffering and it's hard to find you get those ads and blah 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 and you have to kind of circle through lots and lots of different channels and on a Cody box or whatever to, to try and find the right stream and then it, it, it gets pulled and you've got to find another one so you wouldn't want that to be your regular viewing experience clearly not I can't be bothered with that no. some people can and that's fine Obviously, it's not fine. It's illegal, but I, I'm, I'm not making. I'm not saying that, that everyone is like me. I, I would be interested to know the actual figures on how many people are streaming illegally. And I've, I've had this conversation on Twitter before, and I'm told by a lot of people, it's everybody, everyone's streaming. You know, millions of people do it. It's how it, it's how we all consume football now. I think that's probably a filter bubble effect. I think if you are friends with lots of people, yeah. relatively young, who are who, I mean, to be honest, is, this isn't meant to sound patronising, but it, if you have the time to fight, to go through all... Or you have the base knowledge that allows you to yeah. cut out some of the... the you, you and I and, and Chinch, who I imagine doesn't try this regularly. Never. No. Why Never. would you? Why would you undercut and undermine the great product of Sky Sports Television? But the um, the, the fact is, is that if you have the kind of yeah the understanding of how to easily access things, you're cutting out a, a huge amount of yeah. lack of knowledge to, yeah. to give you submit you a double negative. But I would suggest that that is a relatively not necessarily not, nece- not necessarily small demographic, but I think it's quite a specific demographic that is a, that yeah. is able and willing effectively to to stream illegally regularly. I don't think it's you, I don't think you're talking about hundreds of millions of people consuming football that way even across the world partly because we massively overestimate how many people watch football in the world but anyway so let's I think we have to Manchester probably United have 690 million fans exactly. and they watch every game <laughs> I think we have to leave that aside that illegal streaming issue aside because it's kind of different and people ultimately will will find ways of watching things illegally whatever the technology because people, some, some people don't like paying for stuff before streaming existed you could go to pubs that had dodgy hookups to foreign Foreign TV stations. I think you still can, and you still we well, still yeah. can, but you maybe maybe that's less is less pressing because people can stream. But yeah, you you don't want go into a pub and there was a famous case in Portsmouth about I think they were showing like Al Jazeera or something the or B in Sports the the B in coverage rather than Sky, so they didn't have to pay the, the Sky license. It's a long running um, legal affair. Yeah, so people will find ways around whatever the, the system is. But we're talking about subscription services. But the core issue, air. the core issue is. Subscription services, which has traditionally dominated the sport landscape yeah. in terms of viewing for the last 25, 30 years, longer in the States, versus streaming and the complications there in terms of how many different kind of subscriptions you need. As you've mentioned, 11 sports, that's a subscription. Premier Sports is a subscription. Uh, BT Sports is a subscription. Sky Sports is a, is a subscription. And from next year or the year after, Amazon Prime have a certain number of games. Yeah, they have that's a, a couple of blocks of games, yeah. Boxing Day and a bank holiday later in the season. That's a subscription. So potentially to watch all of the football that you might want to watch, if you really love football, again, if you have the time to watch that much football, 
you need five subs- subscriptions in Britain. And that's a lot. And I, I, I put genuinely believe there'll come a point where people are a bit like, well, I'm not bothered about that. I can't, like the, the admin of it becomes irritating. So people stop doing it. But the other, the, the key thing is that the more barriers you put in the way, the fewer people will watch. Yeah. That's the logic of it. So as Mark said, fewer people watch games on BT and Sky than they do on the BBC. You can put Doncaster Palace on the BBC and people will watch it. If you put Doncaster Palace on Sky, no, very few people would watch it or far fewer people would watch it. Uh, I think BT, Mr. Wood Steve isn't here, but for BT's big Premier League games, they get about a million people. Bit really big. Really big. Really big. And that's BT, which for the, certainly the first like three years of their existence, basically gave, gave their products away to everyone who had BT internet. And most people in this country, the, the majority of people who have broadband in this country have BT. That is the most popular broadband provider. That's still not a massive, that's not a massive television audience. Sky, I think, get more. I think Sky can top one and a half, two million for really, really big games. But again, to be honest, in the, in the world of television ratings, that's not that many. It's also sli- slightly harder to assess um, the numbers that, that Sky and BT get because there will be a lot of people watching them at pubs. Yes. And you cannot count all of them. Count no. all of them. So the, the companies that are providing services, can they can there be a, a, a happy medium where they're getting money in for their product, but they're also getting huge viewing figures? Well, so this they is the they thing. can't have both. And th- this is the thing that's really interesting is that we, we've concentrated a lot in the media, I think, over the last few years about kind of what can Amazon and Netflix and Google and Facebook, what and YouTube, and what, what can they do to transform the football media landscape or the sport media landscape. Is that more, more people have access to it? Is that what you well, mean? Well, but Facebook wouldn't give it away. For, I doubt Facebook, say Facebook bid for the rights, I doubt they'd give it away for free. It would be behind a paywall. You, there would be a paywall and you would, I would guess... How are they going to get they, the money back? They, Again, if it's, if it's going to cost something, could they make it a fiver? They could, but that... that, that well, well the, 11 the, Sports is only six quid a month. Yeah, a year it? on 11 Sports was 50 quid, which yeah. is brilliant value. Yeah, yeah. So the... The problem with the problem is that no matter what the cost, as soon as there is a cost, there is a massive drop off. Okay. That people ultimately will not will not pay for stuff. Even I think it, partly it's even the kind of the faff of putting your credit card details in, which is this amazing. Could they afford to do it for nothing? Well, so this is the question that I want to come on to. But I was just before that. Yeah. There's this amazing thing where I'm always you, preempting. I'm sorry. If, if you put just a paywall, the game. In, it's my commentary head. If you put a paywall in, there is a genuine factor that people can't be bothered putting their credit card details in, which is fine. Mm. But then people are prepared to spend minutes, hours, scouring Cody boxes for the right stream. It's bizarre that certain things, well, that's fine, but other things because aren't. Because there's, there's a sense of reward. If you yeah, are able yeah, to get yeah. something which is not due to you in a normal sense, you will feel a sense of achievement. So if, if I am uh, shopping for Christmas presents and I want to get product A, which is £50 there, and I see it for £40 there, and I've spent two hours searching mm. every nook and cranny of the internet... I will still do that in the knowledge that perhaps potentially I might be able to get ten pounds off. So that that is, I'm assuming, the same instinct behind those who will s- try and find a free stream because they their rewards for their work they feel is oh, equal. worth it. But the big thing is, and Hugh's right that the cricket parallel is really important. There come there must come a point where what's important is that people watch, mm. and the leader is a really good example of this. So the leader was on Sky for a long time. And had a had a big and or a substantial and loyal following, following on from Beck, they, I think they started broadcasting it when Beckham went to Real Madrid, and it kind of no, that, b- before, before that, then, yeah, since it's since Sky's inception, pretty much, right? 
they have had without me commentating. Even without you commentating. They had imagine what would happened if I'd have been there. They had Scott Minton. Juan Hinchcliffe. It would be extraordinary. Andres. Andres Hinchcliffe. I like Juan more. That's not your name, though. You're not called John. I'm not, am I? Andres Jorge Hinchcliffe. Jorge. Carry on. So Sky, Sky was the home of Spanish football, and they did yeah. they did they did it really really well. And Revista was was really popular. Sky because they paid so much for the Premier League, whatever the last TV rights thing tender was, whenever that was two or three years ago, had to cut back on loads and loads of things. They they cut Chinch's clothing budget by like half. Yeah, that's why he went to Superdry. Why he went to Superdry? Whoa, 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 whoa! All all Ralph Lauren. Superdry is top of the tree. <laughs> Superdry. <laughs> Carry the, on. Um, Can we try and get that in once a week? <laughs> the, um, they decided not to bid for the rights and it went to 11 sports. But at the same time, La Liga were running this thing where they want... La Liga, like Serie A, are on bid expansion kits. They've Various leagues around Europe are trying to work out ways of kind of toppling the Premier League TV behemoth. Serie A did a deal in the States that was based less on how much it cost and more on how many people had the channel. I think they went to ES- ESPN. More people have ESPN than... than that's basic cable ESPN in the States yeah. isn't it so it's not premium cable but like the other, the alternative was like D-A-Z-N how you pronounce that yes Dazen <laughs> Dazone Dazone is it Dazone, Dazone yeah Dazone and, but very, which is uh, which, which is, is streaming service no it's another top streaming, streaming service and it's got um, it's got Premier League um, in uh, like, is it in like Spain ha- Spain's yeah Spain's D-A-Z-N Dazone Dazone uh, has uh, Premier League coverage in, in Spain. Spain and I think they've got some they've got UFC and, and they've done a deal to stream all of Matchroom's boxing right. in the States as well so that's Eddie Hearn so Anthony Joshua and a lot of other significant boxers so they're in kind of a new player no one's quite sure how they're going to actually make money it, any people who know that sphere better suggest that it's actually there's, there's an element of House of Cards about it it's really hard to work out how you're actually going to monetize that eventually but anyway Serie A went for ESPN because they wanted the eyeballs. So the leader had the same idea. They wanted as many people as possible to watch it. And they went to 11 sports because they'd had good experience with them in like Poland or something. But no one in Britain had 11 sports. And you're asking people to pay another subscription for something that is, I guess, non-essential, except to like a small hardcore of people. And it, lo and behold, it didn't work. I remember thinking when La Liga signed a deal with 11 sports last summer and Serie A, why not make it free? Why not say, in, in Premier League home territory, we are facing this massive uphill battle. Britain must be a relatively lucrative market for those leagues. Why not do the one thing the Premier League can't do and be free to watch? I mean, it's a, lo- it's a traditional lost leader. Just say, right, we will get ITV or Channel 4 or Channel 5 or whoever not to pay that much for it for the next three years and we will build up an audience because people will watch football well let's let's refer back to the 1990s when um, Syria Italian football uh, came on channel 4 uh, early 90s 1993 94 I think um, was the first yes um, 92 I think was the first season 92 was the first season oh yes it's part of the, the book yeah, yeah, yeah. the book that's not ever going to happen and, and the, the names that um, were playing in Syria around then became much more household names and, and a lot of people who watched it like me I was at the right kind of age to be watching a lot of football um, you'll remember Italian football from that era because of it so there is an example of it being on terrestrial television and there is an example of it helping to conjure up a sense around the product which is way more popular than you would ever find it to be now even though you've got the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo in, in Serie A so there is an example of it working but can those um 
broadcasters who put it on free-to-air television, can they get enough back off advertising revenue, which is the only way that they would get the money mm. um, to be able to make it not so much of a loss leader that it's, it simply just isn't worth doing. If I presume Amazon, Yahoo, compared to other companies that are trying to provide these services, if they were, you're absolutely right, but they must pay upfront to, to get the games, to get yep. the leagues. So they're out of pocket to start with. So the only way to kind of recoup and as a business model, they have to charge people to, sell to the watch advert- the pro- But then I understand what you're saying, but you'd have to be incredible. That's what I was saying about Yahoo and, and Amazon. Are they big enough financially where they could say, we want the viewers it isn't about bringing the money in. If we pay a lot of money for the for the rights, but we we have the money to to be able to get the rights to show the games. If we then show them for free, and build up over two or three years, and then if they wanted to try and recoup some money in terms of of, of people paying to watch the games, but you've got to build that audience up in the first place. So then you've got to be sustainable for presumably how long would it take to build up an audience? Well, that's, so that's two or three years. It's it's going to financially it would be a huge. Massive outlay to get the rights, ha- ha- no money coming back in if you put, if it's free to air. You've also got platforms for those broadcasters now to be able to do it though. So, for example, on Channel Four, they had to put it on Channel Four. Yeah. Now you've got three channels mm. that Channel Four yeah. create. You've got ITV Four doing La Liga at the moment, so you've got ITV One, Two, Three, Four. So you've got a place for it. So it's much easier for the, for them at least to have a platform for yeah. it. One they can put it out there, but again, it's if it's a if it's a business. And you're spending all that money to actually get the rights to show these games. Well, and so you're saying, well, actually, we're not worried about bringing any money in for two or three. Is that can they do that? Well, so this is where that? this is where long-term thinking. Has viewers to come would in. be great. The, 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 people yeah. would watch it because the football's on free. They're going to watch it. Well, that's that's the basic rule: is that people will watch football if it's free, yeah. and people won't if it's on ITV4. People won't stream it. They won't think, well, I'm going to faff around trying to find a stream when it's literally on my telly. And I know millennials don't have tellies, but they all have access to ITV Hub or whatever. You know, yeah, you can, so they, it's they not hard to get access like, yeah. to to. Yeah proper streams the, the the long-term thinking that you need is on the part not of the broadcasters but the leagues so obviously for the for any broadcaster and it's a bit different with say amazon because if, if amazon had bought the la Liga rights for the rest of the season what by what mechanism could they have made it free i don't think they could you still have to have a prime subscription don't you which costs money unless you're like kate and you just haven't you you kind of end the thing in that middle in the middle of that thirty day period. <laughs> but how many email addresses does your wife have? Like a million. <laughs> the um, but yeah, so I'm not not quite sure what mechanism Amazon could use to make it free. You just you'd have to be a prime customer. But say your ITV, the way that to me that it's logical for the leads to behave is to say right, we don't want to make the absolute highest amount of money we can from this this current deal. What we want is in 10 years' time for our product to be incredibly in demand. And that's basically what the Premier League did, not necessarily around the world, but in Britain, that the Premier League's rights went up and up and up. But it was built on the fact that football was incredibly popular. And because, crucially, at every stage, everyone's had access to to that football because of the highlights being on Match the Day or whatever the ITV highlight show was called. Premiership. So the interest has kept bubbling along. So so everyone can watch football. Yeah. Whereas with Spain and Italy, and the Champions League is really important, which we'll come on to, that doesn't happen. You can't see that football unless you're a unless you're a, a, a subscriber or you're streaming illegally. So, to me, what La Liga, the logical thing for La, Liga, for La Liga to do was say, right, we've we've broken up with Sky. The end, this relationship has ended for whatever reason. What can we do now? And what they've done is they've done for a kind of they've tried to be, I think, modern and cutting edge, and said, right, we're going to go for an an over-the-top streaming service, no TV channel. They didn't have a carriage deal, so you couldn't get it through a, a Sky or BT subscription. Um, you had to go and register on the website and do it through that and blah, blah, blah. 
I think Eleven wanted to go through Sky's platform. They tried, yeah, but they Sky and BT took them out. Yeah, yeah. Basically, and that that was, I think, the bit that that screwed Eleven Sport. La Liga, to me, it would be logical to say, right, we we have an audience, a loyal audience of Spanish football followers that I can't imagine numbered more than six figures, particularly. You know, I'd be surprised if more than a million people were regularly watching Spanish football on Sky. Why don't we try and grow that audience so that net in three years' time, six years' time, nine years' time, when the the tenders come up, we can actually go to broadcasters, streaming services, or Amazon or Netflix or whatever, and say, we have this number of people who will watch our product. Do you want to buy them off us? And that's that's yeah. what you're selling. You're selling your viewers, not not your product. And the way to do that is to make it free for a bit. And ITV would still have paid for it, but you pictured it at a price that means ITV can or whoever can recoup through their advertising that amount of money. That's what I, I imagine. You take that's a what short-term the, hit for a long-term yeah. long-term game. So that in, in whatever period of time, you build up sufficient sort of loyalty amongst your viewers. That they are willing to that they will, pay for that it. There will be a... Po- they won't all pay for it, by any stretch of the imagination, but there is a portion of them who will pay for it. Enough to And you also worthwhile. build up your prestige as, as a competition because there's more interest in it. People are more familiar with the teams. People will pick teams to support. You, you give yourself that kind of star aura. And I think... That, that it's really short term. I'm really, I'm genuinely surprised that it's taken the collapse of Eleven Sports for any league to think about doing that. I'm really surprised about it. And the Champions League, I think Mark's completely right. They they, they have a problem because so, not that many people watch the Champions League. So it, if we speculate as to to how the game will go, and we'll use the Champions League as an example, because we don't think, for example, that that Sky will ever let go of Premier League rights because it is, it is the life and soul of everything yeah. that they do well, I mean, and their business you, model. Then it changed, Did they seem to make that and decision when the the Champions League rights came up? They, no, just when your contract comes when your contract oh, yeah, comes up for renewal, yeah. it's yeah, yeah. very important they make the decision to plough all of their money into you. Yes, um, so that would be excellent. That is an important part of the business. Yeah, I am the future, really. So if, we, if we understand that the Premier League isn't necessarily going to shift, but if we talk about these, a peripheral is really um, demeaning, but I don't mean for it to be that. I just mean kind of satellite competitions mm. around the behemoth, as you, as you said, Rory, the behemoth that is the Premier League. What does the Champions League look like in three to five years if genuinely the figures are so reduced? Bearing in mind it went from free-to-air to BT rather than going from free-to-air to Sky to BT because yeah. when it was on Sky it was also on free-to-air television what does it look like in three to five years if, if genuinely the, the, the figures are 100 to 200,000 for most matches I think, well, I think to be fair we should be fair to Steve I think Obviously, his games are it, seven to eight hundred. Seven, eight, seven. I mean, it's over a million for Steve. I mean, that's just the Wyeth family. They're huge. There's a lot of them. A lot of Wyeth um, family. The man but, we know is Wyeth. Exactly. Oh, yes, Whoever sorry, Steve yeah. Wyeth yeah. actually yeah. is. Or originally was before yeah. he moved to Manchester. But the, um, I don't know. It's a good question because, and the, what's really interesting about the email is that, that the prestige of the Champions League is still there, and it's maintained through podcasts talking about it and newspapers covering it, and uh, well, not Sky Sports News. Sky Sports News should basically ignore it, but kind of. Websites writing about it and Twitter and all this, the, the, this sort of Im- immense sort of prestige that everyone puts on the Champions League. But as the audience drops off, you wonder whether actually fans might think of it as being less the be all and end all because they're not as exposed to it. Um, so it doesn't, it maybe, I don't know, maybe it doesn't hurt as much if you don't have the Champions League, just, un- unless you're a match going fan and, and, or a BT subscriber, there's a decent chance you're not watching it. So having the product of the Champions League, they they feel that's more important than actually the people that are actually watching it. Or is it coming a point when they're now seeing the, the viewing figure? I don't know, they're dropping or they're certainly not climbing. They're not. So the reason, so the reason does that, BT, that matter to them? Is having the product the important thing? We're connected. Yeah. We are the Champions League. 
channel. No, or it's 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 all to do with the reason BT and Sky both went so nuts on that Premier League uh, rights tender, and the reason the BT paid so much for the Champions League is because it's all to do with broadband. That's what they're trying to do. They want to be able to offer as much as part of their broadband package uh-huh. as possible to retain their share or, in Sky's case, expand their share of the broadband market. That's what's really lucrative. So because every, so the football aids them as a, gen, as yeah, a company so in general. If you're, if you're renewing... needs broadband, but yeah. not everybody wants no, exactly, television. Yes, so yes, you, yes, yes. You, yes again, yeah. the business yeah. model is to expand You incorporate broadband. it into your broadband offer. And I presume that this all applies in the States as well, that this is, this is where the streaming services kick in. Well, haven't, um, haven't AT&T just bought HBO? Yes. So there is, there is another example of, of a traditionally phone company diversifying into cable television in order to expand their... Yeah. And I'm sure I read something about AT&T potentially, or something, a, a series or a channel that may not be available as widely as before, somebody in America might have to rescue me from this, because of a merger. <laughs> have to wait a week. <laughs> so because of a merger along those lines of AT&T buying HBO or whatever, that there was some suspicion that it might be that HBO is removed from certain packages. Or, oh no, I tell you what, it was Friends has been bought by, I think Amazon Prime. The rights to Friends has, has been bought by uh, the reruns Netflix. of Friends. Netflix. Is it Netflix? Has yeah. been bought by Netflix, which means that people might not be able to watch Friends on anything other than Netflix in the States. That's not a bad thing. Well, it's not a bad thing, but I would Im- if you look at the, the viewing figures... I like Friends. Friends is appalling. Can I shock you? I like Friends. Friends is appalling. Carry on. If you look at the viewing figures for stuff like that, I bet that it gets the same yeah, audience yeah, share yeah. as football. Yeah. Because but, but, people will watch it. Yes, for, for exactly the same reason. Um, that it is wallpaper, but also there is kind of this, this, this legacy audience... BBC One runs on the basis that people have BBC One on. Yes. Mm. If you are of a certain age and you don't have any pay television, you will stick on BBC One first. And you probably won't slip from it. You will just have BBC One. That is your wallpaper television. So when, That's why people watch The One Show. And it's why people watch The One Show. But it's why figures for BBC One are astronomical, regardless of the quality of the product. Yeah. So if you have a football match that you put on BBC One at pretty much any time, although they will think about prime time and they put matches on this season, the FA Cup, they put matches on Friday night and they put matches on Monday night to try and uh, kind of Make sure that they have the so prime time. What kind of audience, audience would that get? Well, the, the Chelsea against Manchester United got more than eight million. Eight million bloody. watching that, and that is that is two big teams, mm-hmm. and that is the fifth round yeah, of the yeah, FA yeah. Cup. So Still. there was a significance to it, um, and it you know was at a time where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was doing well, and Sarri was under pressure. So there were storylines around it that might have brought brought in some of those kind of casual uh, viewers as well. But BBC One has legacy viewers. They just sit there, and if it's on BBC One, they will watch it. So, an expression of Weight, if you like, quantity is not necessarily always expression of quality. Yeah. But if you have the quantity, you will always kind of get away with it. It's the same argument with Friends. People want to buy the legacy of Friends because people will always watch Friends. Well, because that's a reason. Will, you don't just buy this lightly. Like yeah, you buy it for a reason. Do. Yeah. And so it just sits there. If people will have Netflix on and they will just sit there and it will be on in the background. It's like my house. My house has Sky Sports News on in the background when I'm working at home on my own because I like the wallpaper. I like to feel like I'm not alone. Okay. Uh, and so people will have that. Like, for example, there is, um, uh, there is a makeup artist at the BBC her, who always has Friends on on the television in the makeup room it's just wallpaper it is there and mm. that that has incredible value if people are happy to not necessarily engage with it but sit with it on in the background that has huge amounts of uh, value to people because it's numbers it's not necessarily num- numbers who are 100% engaged but it is numbers and for pay pay television mm. that's significant for advertised based m- 
business models. That's significant because you've got eyeballs on it and you can sell for advertising. And for people like the BBC who aren't, don't, are public funded and don't have advertising, that is a, a, a kind of a self-perpetuation. It is a reason for doing it and it's a reason for carrying on doing, doing it yeah. and um, saying how important we are to the world, which is part of the BBC selling point in the FA Cup. Yeah, exactly. So the, the Friends model is, is actually quite interesting as it is that kind of then no one no one will subscribe to Netflix or very few people subscribe to Netflix to watch episodes of Friends from 15 years ago. If anybody. But if, <laughs> but, maybe but if, they, are, if they have Netflix. But if they have Netflix, yes, they feel yes, as though they're yes, adding value. Yes. Does they suddenly, you can watch, does you, there's like 10 series of Friends, there yeah. must be 250 episodes. You can watch it forever, basically, again and again and again and again. God knows what like... Is it Comedy Central that was showing it in in this country? Uh, yes, it was originally on Channel Four. Then it went to Comedy Central. Now it's gone to Netflix. Because there was just Comedy, Se- Comedy Central. I know a lot about the Friends TV market, but Comedy <laughs> Central <laughs> bought it off E4, which another is another. Oh yes, sorry, yeah. yes. Sort of Channel semi- Four had it on E4. Didn't so they? for yes. non-British viewers, Comedy Se- E4 is a is not a ca- is free to air. Yes, free to air. Yeah. Um, Comedy Central is a cable channel. You have to pay to get it. Um, the but that was that was a big thing for Comedy Central, basically because it padded out their entire lineup. Yeah. Just however much they paid for that it. That was their daytime schedule. That was their daytime schedule was Friends is on, and that's it. I mean, it's dead easy, which means you presumably have In to. In fact, that makeup artist can no longer watch it because it is now on Netflix. Well, I don't know if that's international though. I don't know if that's anyway. We've got off topic, but the um, the <laughs> showing really showing our age. Apparently, about apparently, the how is the Champions League? Apparently, look at millennials years find time. Friends problematic. Because a lot, if if you actually if you judge their behaviour by our modern, our sort of twenty nineteen social yes. mores, they're all quite appalling. They are the friends colon not woke. Oh yeah, bit, yeah, yeah. There was another series that 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 was. Oh no, uh, Bill Hicks. You know the the, yeah, yeah, the yeah. famous uh, comedian Bill Hicks. Every, everybody's kind of revisiting uh, a person who died at the age of thirty two, and young, he was yeah. kind of completely firebrand type. Uh, uh, comedian who was loved by all comedians because of how kind of close to the bone he was, and now everybody's looking back at it and going, "I think he was a bit of a misogynist." Yes, <laughs> yeah. yes, yeah. The um, so in terms of the Champions League, is that where you wanted to go back to, Chin? That's where you wanted to go back to. to the the Champions well, you started off with that, and we seem to have got, got <laughs> a bit Bill Hicksy and a bit Friends. frenzy. Hicks, yes. Champions League. Yes. The problem the Champions League has got is that at some point, and this is what this whole conversation boils down to: people have to watch for anything to matter people have to watch and engage with it in some way, whether, you know, you, you don't have to follow every pass or every game, but you have to engage with it in some way. And the more that everything is exclusively behind paywalls, the fewer people, whatever form those paywalls take, the fewer people are watching. And yes, there'll be some people accessing it illegally, but that I presume that as years go on, that's going to get harder and harder. Just I, I would imagine people are working quite hard to make that. In fact, I know they are. The Premier League have a whole thing about it, trying to make that harder to do. Um, and does there come a point where fans care a bit less about the Champions League? They, they're not as exposed to it. Obviously, you can always go to the pub and watch it. Although it costs quite a lot of money for pubs to show football, and that's the yeah, other. They, they have huge subscription rates. Yeah, honestly. massive. It, it used to be. It used to be for a pub, and this is several years ago, to get just a Sky subscription, uh, which would cost a normal family. 30, 30, 40 pounds a month. Thousands of pounds a month. I think Two, three yeah. thousand pounds a month. I think it's about month. 15, grand, 15, 20 grand a year 15, for a pub to show okay. Sky or BT or something. Mm-hmm. So... That's a pub, and bear in mind we are in a shrinking economy. We're in a in, especially in this country, but generally around the world, there is there is not we're not living in a boom time, which means people go out to pubs less. Does enter- the ent- entertainment sector and always they can't suffers? Afford it at home. And they can't afford to do it at home, but people go to pubs less, which means the pubs aren't getting the same take from showing the football. Which means it's their advertising revenue, basically. Isn't yeah, it? <laughs> they're, they're less likely to to pay those vast subscription fees. People can't afford to do it at home, so the people aren't in a in a mood necessarily to 
to pay extra subscriptions or continue with their current subscriptions, which is why there's so much value to having these things as part of your broadband package, because everybody needs broadband. Although I bet everybody doesn't have broadband, and that's a really middle-class thing to think and say, so I apologise. But it is certainly aspirational for everybody to want to have broadband. Well, you can, it's not necessarily aspirational for everybody to want to pay television. To be fair, you can, you can get broadband for like a tenner a month, I think. We used to have O2 Wi-Fi, and I'm sure that was like eight ninety nine a month or whatever. Um, so it's, broadband is not does not cost a vast yeah, sum of money. It doesn't have to be £25 a month plus BT Sport. But, yeah. but having Sky and BT is very much a an additional extra to to your life. You do not need to have Sky Sports and BT Sports, even though Chinch is on we Sky can, Sports. But Chinch is available to you free via Seppi's menu. Exactly. Mm, if you want to get your Chinch fix, yeah. Yeah, then come here. Yeah. So what the, the problem, it may not be three years, it may not be five years, it may not be ten years, but at some point, if fewer and fewer people are watching the Champions League, A... Does it matter less, less to fans? B, does it matter less to players who've grown up with the Champions League not being part of their, you know, yeah. part of their... They're of, only human. They might TV not have paid television when they're kids, yeah. Yeah, to be, to be honest, players are quite unlikely to have pay TV when they're kids because most people don't have pay TV and most people can't... It, certainly the demographics that the vast majority of players come from can't afford pay TV. And C, does it begin to... Beco- does holding... TV companies or streaming services to ransom over the rights, does it become counterproductive? Because if there's not enough people watching it and there's not enough people paying for it, the TV companies stop paying, which means everything falls down. What you need for all these competitions is an audience. And to get an audience, you have to make it available to as many people as possible and then sell from there. And that, to me, is the mistake they're all making. And and the, the most recent uh, Premier League TV rights um, domestic UK... Um, rights went for less than the three years yeah. previous. So perhaps a sense that, that, that that's the case, or, or perhaps they realised that they didn't have to spend as much in the previous three-year cycle. Um, just to quickly tell people about the, the, the cricket part of the story, if you're outside the UK, uh, cricket went on Sky. Um, originally, there are away tours until 2005. Thereafter, 2005, the home uh, test matches also went on to Sky. Um, so there has, and the Ashes recently in the, in Australia were on BT so there has been no cricket on terrestrial television since the mid-2000s England won the Ashes in 2005 to incredible acclaim uh, it was the first time they'd been in Australia for, for a long time so that was significant in a sporting sense but also because it was on Channel 4 on terrestrial television the figures were astronomical. The country kind of stopped for and, some And the it? country stopped. There was a huge parade in Trafalgar Square and it was a huge deal and then uh, cricketers went and weed in Downing Street. So everybody knows about those stories and everybody knows about that team. What's happened since is a general and kind of persistent erosion of people's identification with the England cricket team to the extent that you ask kids who are not interested in cricket already, what, who are these players and show them pictures? They, they don't recognise the England captain. They don't recognise James Anderson, who is the leading wicket taker in English test history. Um, so these are incredibly significant sports people in this country, but they are losing their ability to connect with the general population because they have been on Sky exclusively or BT more recently for a good amount of time. So football has that story to be aware of and to make sure that they are not following the same path. I appreciate football is bigger than cricket, Mm. but football is the UK's traditional winter sport. Cricket is the UK's traditional summer sport. So there is a balance to be struck. This is really interesting because obviously from from my point of view, from working within the business, what we're trying to do, or I'm very keen to do, is to bring the focus back on the game being all important. We talk about the kind of studio and the guests that we have, the amount of money that's spent on that type of thing, but the game, the focus is on bringing the game to the viewer in the best possible way. But if we haven't got the viewers mm. 
that's where the problem is. We need to know that there's going to be a certain amount of viewers to put a really good product in front of them that they will come back to and come back to. But if that audience is shrinking, it doesn't matter how good a product you put on there. People aren't going to be willing to pay for, for what you put on. Well, I think it's and interesting, it's the- though, that Sky have started doing those day passes. Yes, which which is a relatively new. I don't think it's and new. And putting some some on Sky Sports Mix, which is uh, again available for cheaper on yeah. uh, Sky Sports. Because they're coming aware of that people I think, aren't. I think that's an awareness that they yeah. have to find a way of persuading people. You see it to be honest. You see the same mechanism at work in newspapers. Yeah. With paywalling websites, that so the New York Times has a, a metered paywall where you get I think four or five pieces for free, all by me. Uh, by per you month, get, you get a ten, a month, value. ten a month. No, no, they cut it. Oh, they, they, cut, they, they definitely it. cut it to five, and they might have cut it more. All oh, right, sorry, Rory, you're um, not getting so many eyeballs on your work from the, me. Well, it's either me or Maggie Haberman and like the the White House coverage. And I mean, to be honest, M- I think Maggie's good. She tweets most of it out. We're equally important uh, to the New York Times. Is uh, yes, I think I think you are. I follow you both on Twitter. so yes. That's equal. I follow us both. I don't follow me on Twitter. <laughs> anyway, but I if I wanted to get a bit of, I, I can. Pe- there's like a passes that you can get, so or you short term. After you get four or five a month, I forget what it is, and then you get a screen come down that says um, a large you, portcullis. You have you have yes, it's an internet portcullis. <laughs> I like that. That um that says you've reached your free limit. Yeah. You can subscribe here, and so that's that's how we do it. Others have a different system the telegraph have got like a premium system the guardian just asked you for money the times of london has a hard paywall nothing for free although they do have little ways around it so they occasionally will t- i think if you tweet out certain links as one of the i can't remember exactly how it worked but journal sometimes times journalists will tweet links that are un- unlocked yes, effectively for 12 as, a, hours as a way in and yeah. the, the idea is that you have to give people it's really hard to tell people to pay for something they can't see yeah you have to say this is what you're missing, which is why we have four or five free. Does, the idea is that after you've read, five, you've read five, you think you see somebody, you know, another story you want to read on the New York Times website, and you think, well, I wish I could read that. I better pay for it. I'm surprised with newspapers that no one's thought of a like a pay-to-play model effectively and said, right, you set up an account, and we will charge you 10p or whatever, 10 cents for every article you read. And that's how it works. So just give us your details and we'll, we will bill you at the end of the month for the number of articles that you've read, um, which I think would it would be a model. Maybe it's technologically difficult. I don't know. Yeah. But the whole idea is the same as with those Sky Sports Day Passes, is that you have to tell you have to try and reach out to your audience. You have to expand it. The best way of doing that, the Premier League can't do it, but for, for La Liga or for Serie A, and to an extent for the Champions League, they could make the Europa League free to air. Um, they do, BT do make some... Um some games free to air. They have cherry picked some um, Premier League yeah. teams involved in the Champions League and put them free to air. I think they put the Champions League final free to air on, on one occasion as well. well yeah, did, did BT and sometimes they put them on YouTube. That's the other thing that they uh, BT have definitely done that. They've put games on YouTube to say this is you know you can, everyone can watch this. Is I think the Champions League final might have been on YouTube through BT. So the right. kind of sweetness to trying to get people interested because in. you have to yeah. sell, and also you have to not to sell. be accused of marginalising yeah, yeah. incredibly yeah. Yeah. significant occasion and getting eyeballs on your product as well. And you mentioned the product change sometimes the, the, the kind of exact opposite of what you're talking about. You you say that you try and entice people in because of the quality of your product and you. We're trying to ch- I think we're trying to change what we put on screen is, to, is try and, yeah, to try and do when it you're that, involved. Yeah. But that's one way of doing it because you have to try and encourage people to return or indeed upgrade. Yeah. The, the BBC, on the other hand, are in this very fortunate position where people will tune in anyway, whatever. Absolutely, mm. yeah. yeah. That's not to say that the BBC's product isn't good. Mm. It is, but if the BBC's product wasn't good, that would not have very much of a material effect on the amount of people who are watching, which some, some would say is not necessarily 
particularly motivating factor, but I think the people involved in BBC Sport are self-motivating enough to, yeah. to know that they want to do the best thing. And the, the other thing that the BBC provides football with, which it hasn't been able to provide cricket with, is that every so often you will get a major tournament that reconnects the public yeah. with footballing figures. Mm. So, for example, if you were to talk to that same kid who didn't recognise Joe Root or James Anderson from the England cricket team, if you were to show them the England football team, they, of course, would recognise them. They'd know about Harry Kane. They'd know, in fact, the, Harry Kane would probably be the first footballer that they would think of mm. in their lives yeah. be before any of the other significant uh, players in the Premier League. They would talk about Jordan Pickford and Steve's kids yeah. love Jordan Pickford because they watch the World Cup. Also, they like dinosaurs. They also like Andy Hinchcliffe when they watch him on television as well, but a not, not as a football. They apparently, don't, they don't Steve was told to shush <laughs> while I did a touchscreen presentation. <laughs> exactly. Did you hear that story? That's him. Hilarious. That's him. That's Hilarious. That um, so there are, there are ways of, of reconnecting the sport with that mainstream audience yeah. that kind of propel football mm. forward. Um, for, for for a period of time each time was but if you were to ask a, a kid who's this and show him Sergio Aguero that won't necessarily be identified in the same way well it would be from things like match attacks and yes, trading but, cards yes, maybe, and FIFA but, but not via no. their televisual experience well, no, unless the, they watch the World Cup the, and they like Argentina the two things that that's made me think Hugh your thought provoking uh, suggestions one is that it would do everybody a lot of good if UEFA had a rule that highlights of the Champions League had to be available throughout UEFA territories on free-to-air television. It really would because people... Which it would, was in the previous which it was, Well, it was until cycle. three years ago yeah. until BT said no. And I can understand why BT said, BT said, right, this is, we are going to sort of hitch our wagon to, to the Champions League so we're not giving a bit of it to ITV for nothing because they wanted to drive their subscription base through that. But it would do everybody a lot of favours if you could at least... If, yeah, if you if you could see it in some way. And the other thing that I think is really interesting is that the World Cup and the Euros both kind of showcase the difference, and obviously they're big events in their own right, so the country behaves differently towards them and it's England rather than club teams. But I think that, I would say that that probably highlights the, the relative minority of people who are accessing games throughout the season, not only through Sky and BT, but through illegal streaming. That there is nothing that compares to the World Cup or the Euros in terms of national awareness of those events. And that's because everybody's watching them. Because for all that we talk about our, our different TV habits and the way that it's become an atomised market and everything's different, if you put something on free-to-air television, everybody watches it and everyone knows how to watch it. And that changes something. Whereas if you have something that's available through subscription TV and illegal streaming, a lot of people will watch it and maybe more people than I realise will watch it, but not. it doesn't have anywhere near the same impact. And that's the power that free -to -air, the only free-to-air TV has. Even though we know that TV watching habits are changing, they're not changing that much. They're not, they're, they're, there comes a point where if something's free to watch, people will sit down and watch it. Uh, and Cricket are putting their new, the ECB's new The 100 competition, which is their kind of new shortened version of the game, uh, partly on free-to-air television. So it will be on the BBC, and that is uh, a significant thing for both the BBC and Cricket. So it be interesting to see if the argument is made by the success of that happening yeah. uh, later on. It's starting in 2020. Before we go, it's time for Nevermind Jack and Ori What a Soccer Story. This is when Andy tells a tale from his playing days with all adult behaviour and libel-worthy details removed. Have you noticed how much he is now referring to notes on his phone? It's like no. he's doing preparation. He's, no, no, it's, it's not it's preparation. Like it's just because how many, how many pods have we done now? Well over 100. This is 119. I don't, how many stories? I keep saying this. How many stories do you think I've got? Your life goes on, Chinch. Live it a little. Yeah, but nothing's happening in it. It's all happened. So much living. That's, so not, that's not true. You, you have the occasional health scare. 
I do. That's true. I do. Yes, Your wife but, was recently uh, had a cold in Portugal. Yeah, but that's not a soccer story, is it? How no, is that a soccer story? You're a Make it funny. I can't make near death funny. I can actually. I could try, couldn't I? But anyway, know what I have to do when I remember. When I'm oh, driving no, along. Nitty had a cold. She wasn't near death. <laughs> no, I was. Oh, okay. When I had man flu. Yeah. Nearly died. You nearly lost me. That's why I wasn't here for my birthday. I remember it was you. It was you that forgot that. When I'm driving along and something occurs to me, I have to jot it down on my phone because I will forget it. Because I I'm, hope you stop. First. I'm over fifty. I'm in the passenger seat. Okay, good. I'm being driven by chauffeur. Chauffeur. That is actually his name as well, uh, Joe Fur. Anyway, right. This is. I've gone from such a big, huge topic to this is a story. It's going to be Unsurprisingly, about the injuries that I had. The knee injuries that I had. And of course, I had surgery and everything else. But this is a story from back in, let me see here, what have I written down? 1997. Oh, heady days. Cool Britannia. It's the day I realised that myself and needles were not that compatible. (laughs) Because I'd I'd had knee surgery. I got back playing again, but I was having a a few problems. So you must have heard of cortisone, these cortisone injections that Diego Maradona, everyone's had them because they're like an anti-inflammatory. Bam, they put it straight into your joint. Well, this was a day, it was a day off that we had, but I was sent over to Crank Hospital, which is where, <laughs> seriously, sounds promising. near Wigan. Okay. Um, this is where I had all my knee surgeries and everything else. But this, obviously, you go back to see the same surgeon. So I needed this injection put into my knee. But with it being a day off, I, my ex-wife was probably horse riding or at a bar somewhere. And I, I was left with uh, my, our first son, that's tr- that Samuel. So Sam was only about three years old, so I thought, I'm only going to have an injection in me. It'll be fine. I'll take Sam along with me, and he'll be fine because he's a good little boy. So anyway, we go to Crank Hospital. I've never had one of these needles put into my knee before. I've had surgery, but clearly you're, you're anaesthetized, which mm. is always good if you're having a, uh, a crucial reconstruction. But when you're having a needle put, they, they don't. They just basically give you a bit of a local anaesthetic mm. and then whap at it. But what I didn't realize is, so, I'm, again, so Sam's sitting there with his, with, his, with, his, with his bag of Cheetos, and I'm up on the uh, on the treatment table as usual, bent knee. So the guy, the, the lady doing it says, right, we do the, and then the, the consultant will come in and do the actual putting of the cortisone. But what, what they start off with, they they put, they deaden your knee and then they put a needle into the knee joint, and then they kind of, they leave it hanging, sticking out of your knee, and then the cortisone vial will be then screwed on, oh, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. that will be injected. But so basically, you've got a bent knee with a, like a bit of metal sticking. At, at this point. The room's starting to swim slightly, but I, I clearly can't. I can't be such a, a pathetic wimp that I say ah, I'm going to faint or anything. So I'm sat there and I realise what well, I'm going to. I'm going to keel over in a minute. So they managed to get, but it's because this thing's sticking out of my knee, and they seem to wait for ages. As well, they put the initial needle in, and then they're faffing about putting about gloves on. And <laughs> hygiene apparently plays a big part in this. I think it's overrated. <laughs> so anyway, they put the cushion in, take the thing, they put a little plaster over you. I get down off the bed and I say to Sam, right, all done now. But clearly, this I'm not feeling particularly well, but I've got a small child with me. Yeah. We're in a, a big hospital. So I need to get to the toilet, not for the reasons of needing to urinate. I'm going to collapse. So I have to go into the toilet with Sam and I say to Sam, can you just stand by the wall there while Daddy lies on the floor? I had to lie on the floor <laughs> with my legs up on... Seriously, because I thought I was... If I can't keel over here, I've got a small child with me. Anything could happen. So I was literally lay on the floor of the toilet with my legs up on the wall, trying to get some blood back. I presume mm. that's what you do. I'm no doctor. But trying to get some blood back into my head before I actually collapse. But I, and there's no way I could do it in the room when they do my knee because that's just pathetic, isn't it? So I managed to stumble. But they should have looked stumble. after Sam. They, I didn't know this. I, I was panicking. 
But it was this, and this has happened quite a few times since, when I watch people put needles into me. I've had other things done mm. mainly because of my age. And my rectum. But, and I've well, had you, 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 had, you, you had your artificial bottom. And I had an you? artificial bottom fitted with steel plates. Um, but anyway, so the colonoscopies extra, are another story. But anyway, I've done this before, But this, I should have known after having this knee thing and me nearly collapsed. I recovered. It took me 20 minutes. Sam Cheetos everywhere. The, the toilet was a complete mess. Sweat. It was horrible. Most like they had to drive home. Just about made it. It was terrible. But since then, I, when I watch needles, for whatever reason... I, I, I had a procedure recently where they had to tip me up completely and the, all the nursing staff were brought in to laugh at me <laughs> because I watched them put the needle in and went, huh, went all lightheaded and nearly collapsed. Is that right? Yeah. I would have thought you'd, I didn't you'd, know you'd got used to it. Well, I had loads of injections when I was a kid, you know, travelling abroad and stuff. My dad used to work in, in Africa. I used to have a lot, it never seemed to bother me. But this knee, I remember this knee thing, is, is that what started me? But it's the fact they left it sticking out of my yeah. knee job. If they just whapped it in, in and out, done. There's a whap again. But the fact... The, it's, that's not natural, is it? And that's what set me off. But I had a small child in tow as well and managed to get through like a real man, yeah. like a Marine. I had to get through. But from that point on, Needles and I are just... We're not compatible. This from a gentleman who spent a lot of that I'm going to need more. A lot of that story. I'm clearly going to need more surgery and operations because I'm over 50 now. But but you spent a lot of that story pointing at parts of your body which have been tattooed to death. That's true. Via a needle. Yeah, but that's not a needle needle, is it? It's like a needle in a... Not a haystack. It's a needle in a gun. It's a needle in a gun. So you've not... Where's your new tider, by the way? It's on my chest. Is it? It's on my chest. My t- last one. No, no, no. Can we tweet out a picture of your... Of your I've sent uh, you a picture of it. I've not sent you a picture of my right boob. Can we, no way that's happening. I'll we, send you one later. Can we tweet it out? When I send it to you, and I've, I've, I've looked at it. I've, I've kind of photoshopped it a little bit. The, the tiger has some considerable mascara on his eyelashes. I didn't realise it's a bit too late after Kieran had finished that I then said, ooh... That looks uh, is that a slightly eff- effeminate tiger. And it, no, no, no. It it's a manly it, tiger. It doesn't look like an especially frightening tiger. It looks like quite a friendly tiger. Yes, I'm, I'm pleased. But that's how I think of you, Chinch, the friendly tiger. Yeah. It has, its eyelashes are quite... It's laughing. It's, it's, it's laughing. Why have, you, uh, why have you got a tiger on your right boob? Because I like tigers. Okay. And I, my wife calls me tiger for obvious reasons. We leave you with a reminder of how to get in touch while we also leave you with the attempt to try and get that out of your mind. At setpiecemenu or setpiecemenu at gmail.com, facebook.com forward slash setpiecemenu. Please subscribe, share, rate and review as we humbly ask you to continue to find room for us in your podcast schedule. Thank you to Rory and Andy. Uh, Thank you to you all for listening and for your patience over the next month or so because I'm spending a couple of weeks in London and then a week on holiday. Uh, Chinch is spending a week in Portugal Mm. uh, and Rory and Stephen have young children that mean that they have to be uh, attentive. So we're going to be uh, shaking around the uh, presenting team. You're going to London? Month. I'm going to London. Bye. Working. Uh, we'll be back with another set piece many for you to enjoy very soon indeed. He's going to be mudder or unappreciated. He'll be both. Yes. Yeah, both. Well, he knows if he stays here, he'll just be underappreciated. That's true. Yeah, is, we, the tidy, okay. is the tiger your favourite animal? How Nobody, apart from if you're getting bitten by one, how can you not... Tigers and pandas, they're just wonderful, aren't they? Well, but pand- yeah, pandas are... I, I, I used to love pandas, but I now strawn them a little bit. Well, because Why? they're lazy, sexually. They're, they're, too sexually. they're too lazy to have sex and survive as a species. You can't admire that, can you? I don't know. I think you and I have done it. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. We are, are we human pandas, would you say? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> You're not pandas. a human panda. You're the opposite of a panda. I've got big bags under my eyes.
Yes. So it's me a panda. So, but you've got it in for pandas now because you don't have, have it, sex enough. I don't have it in for pandas. I just think it's. I just find it. I find them hard to respect. You don't respect pandas. I don't respect pandas. No. Like I admire tigers. I admire them. Tigers. I respect a tiger. Obviously, because they're at it all the time. No, oh. it's not purely a sexual thing. I just Hang respect your tigers. parameters. Can't be sexual based with a panda and not sexual based. No, it's not. Thank, thank you. Thank you. It's not just sex with the pandas. It's a weird sentence. <laughs> it's the the fact that they've chosen to eat exclusively a diet of food that has no nutritional value. That's a poor decision. That's what pandas are. Yeah, pandas it suits are, the panda, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Bamboo it has doesn't no nutritional suit the value. Panda. No. Well, they seem to live quite a long time on it. Does kind of. Does their busy not having sex? What? Not not procreating, their, not sort of perpetuating their species. Isn't there a lot of sugar in what they no. eat? Bamboo's got nothing in it. Bamboo's got nothing in it. Well, well, that, well bamboo. It's got bamboo in it. Wood. It's useful for making furniture. So you've got it in for pandas and tigers. But tigers, tigers are great, aren't tigers they? Are tigers are wonderful. Name a tiger. Shere Khan. Tony. Tony the tiger. <laughs> They're all good. They're going to have to take Tony the Tiger off the Frosties thing because apparently it's too enticing for young children. Is that right? They just plump them full. They whap a load of sugar onto them. Whap. <laughs>